Welcome to episode 27, the final episode in the third and final season of Bedtime Stories for Grown-Ups, a podcast that is created from the stuff of dreams. Once upon a time, If you were lucky, someone told you bedtime stories. Maybe someone read you books, or the same favorite book over and over. Or maybe someone made up your bedtime stories, telling you nonsensical things until you closed your eyes and let sleep take you away. These bedtime stories are the whimsical made-up kind. Little scenes from dreamland to guide you there. There is no plot to follow. No sense to make of anything. Just a sequence of images from beyond the consciousness of day to help you let go and drift into dreamland. We crossed a vast body of water by boat and ended up in a place called Ireland, named for the goddess Eru. We met a woman wearing a long white robe, embroidered with the most beautiful and intricate designs. She said in order to go forward, we had to go back, because we had forgotten the lessons of our ancestors. We had forgotten all of our shared experiences and our true history. It was an endless cycle that we had almost completely broken. And if we broke the cycle entirely, it would mean the end of us. We have to learn how to listen to our ancestors again, she said. They are all around us, in every one and everything. We have to remember the experiences of our ancestors in order to understand who we are and where we come from. We have to embrace the past to move forward in the continuous cycle of life on Earth. Everything old is new again. Once upon a time, we thought that we saw messages from the gods written in the mountains. But we were wrong. They were simply patterns created by clearcuts and the ravages of mining. They were disrespectful messages written to the gods from men. But now our hearts and eyes are open. Now here come the mothers. They are dropping out of the sky in canvas boxes. 
thousands of them, and they are singing in harmony as they descend. How will they get back up into the sky again? There are no ropes or cables. Maybe they are here to stay. You will have to cross the water for love. Not that water, the big water, out there. You cannot find love in a tin. Maybe in a bucket, but not in a tin. And a bucket might be just a little too much, too much love. There are some goblins and mischievous spirits around. Don't ever let your love get too intense, or they will be drawn to you. And if they see you, and then they see that you have seen them, then they will come after you and gouge out your eyes. You will have to run like the wind until you turn into a giant wolf and take such huge leaps and bounds that you are practically flying. If you can become a flying wolf, then you can make it all the way to the salty seashore. And then the goblins and malevolent spirits will no longer be able to follow you. Just don't go around carrying buckets of love. And maybe they won't notice you. A famous philosopher poet with a large following is staying in the hospital. He had been poisoned because his poems were bringing people joy and inspiring them to think in a different way. The web is vibrating and he has caught the attention of the spider and of the dreamless men. The streets surrounding the hospital are filled with thousands of his followers. They are banging on tambourines and drumming on drums. They come from everywhere and they are joining hands and singing and dancing in great circles. There are masses of people out in the streets and somehow the numbers are growing. Over the millennia, the trees made great efforts to communicate with the humans. Some of them even grew knots and burls to create human-like faces on their trunks. Once upon a time, we understood and we had great reverence and respect for the trees. But now we have forgotten. We have forgotten about the ancient wisdom of the forest. There is a lynx out back behind the cabin. We say hello. She is surprised to see us because our cabin is usually empty. She seems to think that if she stays very still, we might lose interest and go away. 
but we cannot resist approaching her. She lets us pat her. We are respectful, and she is lovely. The furry warmth of her is comforting, and she smells like the forest. She has been gathering material to build her nest. Later, we notice the remains of a small deer in the undergrowth. We heard a chorus of angels singing, and we ran outside to see them. But it was the ice that was singing, a great mountain of jagged and broken ice. It was moving very slowly towards us from the lakeshore, singing a beautiful song of the ages and glittering in the sun. We stood and watched as it destroyed our house in slow motion. We are making our way to the festivities in the center of the village. We have a pet elephant who follows us everywhere, so we always have to plan our route accordingly. We have been invited for tea in a friend's backyard. We left our elephant in the front garden, and now he is having his way with the rhubarb. The rhubarb leaves aren't poisonous, are they? We can see baby elephants racing around and playing like a bunch of puppies. They are not really there. They just represent the happiness that our elephant is feeling, eating his way through the front garden. He is projecting his thoughts. At night, the jungle comes alive. We can see an anteater high up in the canopy, gorging on a glowing firefly nest in the pouring rain. Also Onigero. A tiny dinosaur drops out of the trees and freezes in a defensive stance, unfurling his impressive headdress. He thinks we cannot see him if he doesn't move. And when we blink, he disappears. The strangest of creatures, half cat and half monkey, with a little alien face, elegantly makes her way along a tree limb towards us. We have never seen anything so sweet. La Llorona. And then the rain falls so thick and hard that it drowns out all of the sounds of the jungle. All of the sounds except the howler monkeys. We can still hear them howling, as though they are guarding the gates of hell. Eventually, the jungle will devour everything. Even our shoes. We are at an animal sanctuary, 
a rehabilitation center for animals run by people with strange beliefs. There's a cat wandering around meowing, a cat with bloody paws, and an unusual crab that behaves like a puppet. It has periscope eyes. It looks fierce, but it is really very shy. It just wants to hide underneath rocks, peeking out with its periscope eyes. Sometimes it ventures out of its shell, and then it looks really vulnerable. There are wild men wearing camouflage and balaclavas, and brandishing rusty machetes. These men are never let out of their cages. They are the most dangerous animals here. We came to an old farmhouse with a big empty barn. The elderly couple who lived there found it too much to care for a lot of animals now. So they had set all of the animals free. The dogs and cats had chosen to stick around though. They were old now too. These elders seem so familiar to us. We feel like we have known them for many years. Are you our grandfather, we ask? Are you our grandmother? Sometimes the old man wears a mask. It is a mask made of feathers and bones. When he puts on the mask, he transforms into something else. Something very powerful and frightening. Somehow, he is both the forest and the sea, the earth and the sky, all at once. It is dangerous. There is a roaring, powerful wind, and we cannot understand what we are seeing and hearing. We are thrown to the ground by the force of the wind, and now we are surrounded by fire. We are struggling to breathe. And then we see our grandmother standing before us. She is an oasis of calm in the storm. We are whimpering in her lap when the winds start to subside. Now we are in the forest with our grandmother. There is sunlight dancing on the ground around us, filtering through the trees. We are surrounded by so many animals and birds, and the bird song is reassuring. The animals are all gathered around us in a circle, as though waiting for Grandmother to start telling us a story. Grandfather is here too. He is himself now, a frail old man. He has taken off his mask. Once upon a time, the wolves were our brothers and sisters. Sometimes, we even hunted together. We admired their strength and their loyalty. 
But then we forgot where we came from, and we turned against the wolves. Now we have awoken the slumbering giants and the sleeping crone. And the biggest and most ancient of all the giants will soon be coming out of the sea. We are going to turn this ship around. We will sail it around the whole world with the help of a very good crew. It is a really big ship and it needs a lot of care and attention before we can set sail. First we will have to raise it from the depths and start bailing. At the eleventh hour, the matriarchs rose up. And it was not just the women of Iceland, and not just the women of Athens and Sparta. It was all of the women, all over the world. They rose up and sang with one voice. They acted in unison, with all hearts beating as one. The song was a powerful one and people all over the world joined in the singing of it. The cockfighting days were over, and the spider devoured the dreamless men. We are paddling down mist-covered rivers, accompanied by swimming tigers. On the riverbank, men with strange alien faces are leaving their bodies and becoming part of the surroundings. An enormous grizzly emerges from the bushes and watches with interest as we float past. We have been paddling this river for years and years. Now we are aging and eventually we too will become wooden. Ancient petrified faces with only the fragments of our dreams connecting us. Thank you for listening. Sweet dreams.